Well, it's a great pleasure to welcome Brett van Rensburg to What's Next. He's the sales director for IOCO's network division. Brett, firstly, how are you doing and how's, uh, how's uh, COVID affected you? I imagine that at IOCO, it's, it's been uh, good news because in a sense that everybody has to work uh, remotely and we're going to be talking about the mobility challenges that we face. But I guess for you, it's been a business boom in, at IOCO. Yeah, thanks, Aki. Uh, all, all good my side. I've uh, been locked away at home like uh, most others around South Africa. But uh, as you mentioned, from an IOCO perspective, it's been business as usual. Uh, what we found is there's been a technology jump. So we've made the change and evolution into this world of working virtually. Uh, and from an IOCO perspective, it was fairly, fairly seamless. A lot of the tools and pieces of that puzzle were already there. It was just how we put them together. So uh, yeah, one day it felt like I was going into the office and the next day it was just not the case anymore. Well, I guess you guys have been practicing this for a long, long time and uh, you've kind of been ready for this. But the reality is that uh, many of us face these mobility challenges, you know, people working remotely. Uh, we're now talking about a hybrid work environment as we start to get back to some kind of a normality. Although there's a there's a hint of another wave that's heading our way. If you look at uh, around the world at what's happening in India, for example, uh, parts of Germany, France, etc. This this uh, pandemic is so unpredictable that one can not predict what's going to happen next so i guess to have that workforce working remotely is really critical despite even if we go on a, on a hybrid mode as many of the top ceos are talking about when things start to settle down but that in itself brings its own challenges when it comes to mobility um, it's got its advantages and it's got its challenges i'd love to uh, i'd love you to dissect on that please yeah, 100%. So, so I think in the world of technology, we've been fortunate that things move at a very fast pace. So you're continuously having to evolve with that market. Uh, what, what we've seen with COVID is we've seen it form the catalyst of something completely different. That pace is now exponential in what it was 24 months ago. So as companies try and catch up with this two-speed world we're working in, they're making very quick uh, decisions on what they need to do for their workforce. And we saw it very early on in the process where organizations were uh, over, almost overnight had to have their workforce move to their homes. And, and they made quick decisions around what they did with data and what they did with the technologies and how they protected their data. Now mm. that we've had a year to deal with it, we're seeing organizations start to try and make long-term decisions. They're looking at uh, what that hybrid workforce looks like in the future. And they're now having to consider long-term decisions like rentals of properties. That's a major one that's coming to play because you don't want to be holding on to a, a, a massive building that you've got three or four people walking into every day. It's, it's just a cost that you shouldn't be looking after. So organizations are definitely moving in the direction of um, these mobile workforces or these hybrid workforces. But I think the challenge here is we still sit on the cusp of, is this going to be a long-term decision? Is this a decision that will stand five years from now? Or is this a decision that we're making for the next 12 to 24 months and potentially we'll have to change again in the future? I think from an IOCO point of view, just reverting back to them, they've been quite clever in this space. Uh, they've developed what, what we deem a GetSpace app. So instead of having five or six different buildings, what we've gone and done is we've created these hybrid workspaces where in the morning, if you need to sit in an office with an individual or you need to have a boardroom, you can jump on the GetSpace app, grab the closest space to you, grab that boardroom, set up the parameters of what you need for your meeting and you can go in and have that meeting. And then the rest of the day, you can work out of a coffee shop or work from home or wherever it might be. And these are the decisions companies are having to try and fumble with at this point. 
I mean, it's interesting you, you talk about that, Brett, because a lot of CEOs that I've spoken to are also talking about this, this hot desk concept, right? Where, you know, we will share workspaces and really what's become very evident uh, throughout this pandemic is actually that this remote working is kind of working, uh, albeit from a company culture, you know, you'd have to adjust some things. I mean, a lot of people are talking about the hybrid model and I guess it's still work in progress and we're learning a lot of things about how it's going to work in the future but we do know that it, it does work at the core i mean you're able to function a company uh even though you have thousands of members of your workforce working remotely so um it, it's interesting to hear about the future of work as we just touched on it now but where, where do you think it's all going to go yeah so so you, you touch on an interesting point i think coming into covid there was almost an excitement about being able to work from home. I, I use my wife as an example. She loved the fact that she didn't have to sit in an hour and a half of traffic every morning and in the evening. So it gave her a little bit of additional flexibility. And, and what that led into was the fact that she could now put in the extra hours and she didn't feel bad or horrible about putting in those extra hours. So companies almost benefited in the early stages of, of COVID because individuals were willing to put that extra work in. I think what we have seen, Aki, and, and we do need to be conscious of it as organizations, is we are seeing that start to taper off and we're seeing uh, individuals and divisions within organizations start to take more chances and we're maybe not getting that same level of productivity that we did early on. And, and this is where your question needs to. Now organizations need to start measuring productivity inside their organization because you can't walk across to a desk and have a conversation with a colleague anymore. You've now got to have a, a Zoom call and, and try to catch them online. So mm -hmm. we have seen a little bit of productivity management start to fall into this mobility type product sets. I think initially it was very much around access and ensuring that it, the users could get online and work and function. And then it became very much around security. Uh, how do you protect data? How do you ensure that your corporate secrets are, are, are kept corporate secrets and not shared with the world? And now we're moving into what I feel is the third phase to ensure that your users remain productive. You, you don't want to take away the freedoms that have now been created by COVID, but you do want to ensure that you're getting the best out of your users and they're productive. And this is this third phase we're starting to see come into the mobile workforce. That's very interesting. Um, I'm glad you think uh, that it was exciting at the beginning of COVID with partners. You know, I've spoken to a couple of people that soon died out after two months uh, of working in the same environment at home with kids running around. I've spoken to a lot of people that have said, I wish he or she would go back to work now because it, it's not easy, but I guess it works and we've adapted to it. But I mean, when you look at the different remote access options and the underlying technology, what benefits do they deliver both for employees and organizations? Yeah, and there are a lot of them in the space now. So, so if you look at SASE as a product set, uh, almost overnight, it's become very popular. And I think South Africans as a culture, we very much uh, will dip our toe, we'll feel out a technology, and almost five to six years later, we start to see the adoption of that technology. Uh, whereas you, the European and America's market are a lot quicker to adopt technology because they can almost turn it around quicker. Uh, and that's been, the, if you look at the last decade, that's how, how we've adopted technology. In the SaaS e-space, we haven't had that option. We've had to jump into being able to work remotely. There was just no choice around it. So I think from a technology explosion point of view, we've seen two major technologies explode. The one has been SD-WAN. 
Um, and the reason behind that has largely been uh, the commercial benefit that companies can create. So by adopting SD-WAN across their corporate network, they can very quickly consolidate their office topology uh, geographically around the country, as well as the technology allows for a lot of advantages um, around your, your SLA, uh, the reporting, how you manage your users, and most importantly, the commercial benefit. There's a massive commercial benefit there. And then on the SASE mobility side, we've seen a number of technologies come into that space too. Uh, Zscaler, Netscope, Pulse, I mean, there, there is a list of them and, and they've touched on a slightly different model saying, well, take your, take your corporate uh, offer space and whatever you decide to do with it, there's going to be a component of uh, mobility involved in that. And how we're going to look after that is we're going to look after the security. We're going to look after the firewall as a service, the zero trust, all the important components to ensure that you as a corporate mm. are as protected as you were a year ago. Um, and, and therefore, it's just become very popular. I think there's a lot of confusion around it, Aki. I think companies are still grappling with how they construct and put the two together because they still have this corporate office space and they still have yeah. these users working at home. And unfortunately, there isn't a silver bullet yet. Um, it's constructing it in the best possible manner for your organization. And of course, security is absolutely key, as you mentioned. But I mean, there, there's so many different options that you've just touched on. Um, and I guess companies have been spending like this to adapt to this digital transformation that we're talking about. How does a company actually get the most cost-effective option to do what they need to do in this digital transformation, in this mobility workspace that we're talking about. You know, with a backdrop, there are so many different solutions, but you know, people are also acutely aware of budget constraints. And I mean, how do you go about choosing the most cost-effective option? Yeah, Aki, you, you, you touched on it right at the end there. I think the, the world we live in today is budget restraints. The economy isn't what it was. And although there are some companies thriving, 98% of companies within South African parameters are looking to save cost. And, and unfortunately, they always look to the IT services area first because that, that's an area that's almost seen as a nice to have, although it runs a lot of business functionality. So when it comes to making these decisions, there's this interesting balancing act that's going on between probably property, your property portfolio, your rental portfolio, the type of technology you're adopting, the types of technology you're now getting rid of, and then that security and protection component and balancing that out. For me, the, the best way to go around it as an organization looking to make these changes today is you've got, you've got to go to some of the consultative operations around. So Nyoko is a great example. We've got this magic stew of all these different pieces that sit together and it's putting it in or mixing it in such a way that creates the right flavor uh, for that specific organization. And, and what I've found over the last 12 months is organizations trying to do it on their own are getting some pieces of that puzzle right, but unfortunately they're getting a lot of it wrong. And what it's what it's ending up doing for them is they're ending up spending a lot more money trying to fix what they didn't get right, or they're leaving themselves in damaging positions where large data is leaked or information that shouldn't be shared is getting out or users are doing things they shouldn't be doing or aren't as productive as they should be. So I think the best way to approach it today is to speak to some of the the those organizations, ICT organizations in the market that understand this model and have been working with it, not for 12 months, but for the last decade. And, mm -hmm. and they'll be able to give you a rubric of where you should be going. And uh, IOCO perfectly positioned, obviously, in that space. Well, I was just going to ask you, I mean, how, how can you guys assist, uh, assist? I imagine that you guys have got, uh, you know, years and years of experience that you've built up with thousands of your clients and you know what your different clients are doing and, and you know what works and what doesn't work. So I guess 
yes, that experience is critical. But uh, how does how can IOCO assist? Yeah, certainly, exactly in that space. So I, I think from our side, it's not cookie cut for any one client. So there's a there's a definitely a conversation and understanding that needs to be built. Uh, but there are, there, again, there are pieces of that puzzle that seem to come together in the financial sector, in the manufacturing sector, in the health and medical, uh, that, that, are, that there are sim similarities. So from our side, it's, it's one understanding where you're wanting to go from a strategic point of view, from a longevity point of view. What does that look like commercially for you? And then fitting those two conversations back to the technology that's going to best fit where you're wanting to go. And then I think the other portion that not being considered at this point is the, the business process that goes behind it, it's it's not easy to adapt to technology overnight and expect all the users to follow suit perfectly. Wow. You just don't live in that sort of world. And, uh, and what we found over the last year is a lot of companies make technical decisions. And in a lot of instances, they're the right technical decisions, but they sit with this tail of disgruntled employees or productivity diving simply because they haven't managed the people behind the technology. So I think, again, where an IOCA comes into play is ensuring that we drive both those processes for you. It's not not simply just lifting the technology and making that decision, but mm -hmm. making sure that the people behind that organization understand one why it's being done, what it means for them, and, and most importantly, how to operate with this new technology. Yeah. It's critical. And and I think Brett, uh, it's it's important to start the conversation. You you need to have that conversation because you're not. I mean, this is not going to go away. We we're not going back to the way things were. Uh, you know, pre-COVID, uh, pre-pandemic. This is this is going to be the new way of doing things. Yeah, certainly. And you you mentioned you're speaking to a lot of CEOs that are having to make these decisions, and and we're doing exactly the same. And what I find interesting about it is they all seem to be falling in the same place. They'd love to they'd love to have an organisation or workforce that came in two to three days a, a week, built that culture within the organisation, a much smaller landscape or footprint as far as rentals go, and then you provide them the freedom to work from home half the time. Uh, which gives them that nice balance. I think a lot of what's been taken away is it, it, it's all about finding the right balance for your organization. And the CEOs that are having conversations with all their staff and understanding their staff uh, and constantly communicating seem to be making the right decisions. So I don't think we're going to go back from here. I think mobility is here to stay. I think it's critical that organizations find the right solution for themselves. And in that, they use the right partners to help them pick the right technologies. Fascinating technology and fascinating discussion. Uh, Brett van Rensburg, who is the sales director for IOCO's network division, uh, thank you for joining us on What's Next. And we do appreciate your insights and uh, certainly a very challenging world that we're living in. But there are solutions and there are ways around. And I think that uh, the, the great thing is that we've got the technology to do this. I mean, if this pandemic had hit us 10 years ago, it would have been a different story. But Brett van Rensburg, thank you for joining us on What's Next. Yeah, thanks very much, Aki. Thanks very much for having us.